Hello, friends. Meister here. Hopping on with a little announcement before the old teaser. So this week's episodes, I did them a little bit differently. I brought my girl, Laura Jean, on for yet another dope interview, and the conversation was fire, but it was also kind of long. So what I have done is I have split the full interview into two parts, and the first part you're about to listen to, and the second part will drop this Thursday for episode 486. So as you go to listen, understand we got one part, first part, drop in right now, and then we will have the continuation on Thursday. All right, DJ, hit me with that teaser. Lord Jean honestly makes me feel less alone. The desire to belong is the barrier, not because doing that allows us, but because we're so scared that maybe somebody will say we don't. I'm going to go with the second one that you said about a fair and just world. Can you elaborate on that? Because in my mind, the first thing I say is I'm like, life is not fair. How do I reconcile that? As health professionals and as humans, we've been trained and socialized to not bring the relating, to leave parts of ourselves there. Even when it comes to values, you know, we should have our professional values and our personal values. And I say bullshit. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hello, friends, Master here bringing you another episode of my favorite podcast. And today we are doing it with a guest I've brought her on before. Not only have I brought her on before, but I talk about her in probably one out of every three episodes. She's had a profound impact on the way that I think. And I'm just always here for the confirmation bias. If you are watching this on YouTube, thank you. You can see that we are actually twins. A little bit. We're going to be, uh, what are those called? We are fraternal twins. We're not Mm. identical twins, but we are fraternal twins. I brought her back on. I actually did a recent episode on her podcast, and I promoted the shit out of that. We'll link that in the show notes. Thank you, Courtney. But I brought her on because I wanted her on my podcast so you could hear just the profound things. I'm going to use that word, the profound things that she has to say uh, and the dry humor that comes along with it. Uh, I'll read her little bio because there is some dry humor in it. I'll read the first line here. Laura Jean, who is our guest today, is a dietitian by trade, a weirdo at heart, and 80-year-old nana by nature. She's passionate about supporting health professionals to bring more of themselves and their values into their business. Y'all know, anytime I say values, the next line coming out of my mouth is Laura Jean. Laura practices and runs her own business with a non-diet, trauma-informed, social justice, human-centered approach front of mind. She's based in Australia. You're going to get another accent this week, folks. And when she's not challenging the status quo over at her website, www.dietitianvalues.com, you can find her kicking back, enjoying her, I love this knowable, daily iced coffee or pottering in her permaculture garden. Pottering. We're going to get into what the heck that means uh, because I don't know. But I left it in there so I could go over is, that. Is that not a big US word? Not, probably more That's British. why I said probably it. Probably more British. Because we don't say it. Because <laughs> we don't say it. Without further ado, welcome back to the show, one of my favorite guests of all time, my twin, Laura 
Jean. Welcome, homie. Thanks for having me. There's a little bit of pressure there. Profound. Luckily, I... Uh... It's profound. I mean, I guess it's all subjective, but in my mind, and I will leave it up to the, to the listeners and the viewers, I do find the things profound. And uh, one of the reasons I bring Laura Jean on, and Laura Jean and I have conversations outside of this as well, is because Laura Jean honestly makes me feel less alone. I, I think that any all of you listening to this can really resonate with that, where you have someone, you've, you've found people in your ecosystem who just get it, who speak the language, who can give you words for things that you can't find, and you're just like, yes. So I brought her back on, makes me feel less alone, and I truly do believe the things that she says. I do find them to be profound. So we're going to have, uh, however long this episode is, 45 minutes, an hour of profound chatting with the uh, pottering pro from her permaculture garden, Laura Jean. What time is it there, Laura Jean? Uh, it's approximately 5.35 a.m. Oh, my God. It's a bit early. Oh, my God. But... <laughs> she is in the future, folks. Yes. Like, all right. uh, Laura Jean, I want to start this off by taking us back. Before we hopped on to this episode, you said that uh, most recently you were at a uh, an event and you kind of walked away from that event with like a oh, wow, I've left the bubble and I've seen what's outside of the bubble. Can you just, can you set the stage with that? For sure. Yeah, I think, um, and perhaps people listening along or watching along who are doing things a little bit differently or maybe on that kind of edge. Um, and actually, I was talking to a colleague and a friend recently about, so in my bio is the word permaculture, which is a kind of like a set of principles. Like I'm not a religiously following, um, I'm not a religious person either, but I'm not religiously following permaculture, um, like to the T, but one of the things they talk about is like edges. So maximize edges. And so like on the edge of a garden, it's often a piece where people like, uh, trying to like make it clean and neat and and Mm -hmm. edges are wild. Um, and so for anyone who, um, you know, is on the edge maybe of their profession or maybe just how they show up in their life or their business, whatever it might be. When you step over the, when you're in your little, when you go back away from the edge and you're in little bubble and it's beautiful in the garden and the trees are around and the birds are there, but then when you step out of the edge and it's, it's wilder than you thought, um, or maybe it's, yeah. maybe it's wild in the garden and on the other side of the edge, it's like, you know, um, you have those kind of really, um, militant home ownership yes. associate, like yes. it's like that on the other side and mm-hmm. you're like, back over to my guy. So it was kind of that kind of feeling of like, and, and it was a great time. I like connected with people and like that part always fills me up. But I just realized that the conversation that probably I'm having, um, or the conversation I want to have more importantly, um, is just different than what's uh, beyond the edge of my little garden that I have cultivated. I I love this. This This is exactly why I brought her on. Uh, one of the words that pops into my mind and another past guest I've had is, is Allison um, Evans and her company is named Fringe for exactly what, what Laura Jean is saying. And I think that I think a good number of you listening to this, maybe you, if you don't, even if you don't have the words for it yet, you feel it and you're like, I want something different. I wanted to do something different. I feel a bit different. And maybe you found your people, um, you know, in kind of the social media space. But I do think that right now and just... Social media can be amazing. Social media can be just a, a deb. What I'm seeing is and feeling is it's tough on the fringe. It's, it, can, it feels tough on the outside of traditional approaches to things. And it can feel like a constant like barrage, a constant 
the constant beat down, things that are feeling a little bit, a little bit rough with that. Can you walk me through, Laura Jean, when you left the uh, the proverbial garden and saw that, and then came back? What 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 feels did you have? Well, where are we at? Was it just like, do you fall into that pit of despair? I think probably not, but wasn't what, a pit. But I did, I did, I did, um, I did dip my toe in and had a little cry and felt all the feels, yeah. you know, like got that, and then. Um, it worked out well timing wise. I was catching up with some few, few humans in person, um, in the space that were, were definitely cup filled, like, you know, that confirmation bias perhaps, or just, um, people who were really thinking about things the same. So that was really helpful. Um, and I don't know, I think I'm, I'm a very in- introspective person. So when, then when I, when I step away from spaces like that, but I also am affected by other people's energies and not in a, like, you know. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it, it impacts me I when know. I'm around other people, when I move into other spaces, you know, and come back into myself and ground back in myself and my own values and what I'm here to do. It's kind of like, yeah, there's a part of me that was like for like a hot, hot minute was kind of like, I nearly messaged you actually, DMG. I was like, oh, give me some, give me, give me something. Um, like, am I, am I on the right track? Am I doing that? Like, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, and then I grounded back in my own values and gave myself my own advice of like, well, what's the alternative um, showing up outside of my values, um, watering that down in a way that is palatable for other people, but is only part of me. Um, I was like, yeah, probably not because then it'll get to a point where the part of me that I've been denying or cutting off or holding back, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to bubble out at somebody. I'm not going to get that. Um, But also, or, I'm holding it and like I've got the resentment because I'm not turning my values to myself. So I worked through it, you know, and, and um, yeah, just jumped back in my bubble <laughs> figuratively and literally back inside my garden, literally, um, and, you know, back outside, but then also figuratively back in connecting to people and just continuing the conversation. Um, and the humans that um, hang out with me were kind enough, not because I asked them, but just kind enough to respond in ways that really gave me that um yeah, that confirmation bias, but also just reminded me that there are people that want to hear what I have to, and not even in that, um, I talk about, you know, my, um, interpretation of being of like a, of a, of a culture of a world that's kind of fair and just is a space where people can be seen, heard and known. Um, and people just offered me that in my space, but offered me that opportunity to be seen, heard and known again, um, which I probably didn't have in that space. And so that was, yeah, that was enough to just ground me back. Doesn't take me much to get ground me back in, but yeah, I was like, you know, had a, had a moment for sure. Definitely, definitely. There's there's two things there. I think I'm going to go with the second one that you said about a fair and just world. Can you just elaborate on that? Because in my mind, the first thing I say is, I'm like, life is not fair. Mm. How do I reconcile that? Or what are your thoughts in terms of let's go with fair and just world? What is that? What does that mean? Well, firstly, and I mean, people who have heard me talk before will know that I often say values are actionable and aspirational. So it's definitely an aspiration to have a fair and just world. Like it's probably not going to happen, right? Um, But I can cultivate it. I can bring fairness, like that concept. And and I suppose when it comes to value stuff, um, we have those words, you know, those big words of like, these are my values. And the more we act into them and more the show up in them, we get we get more us words that wrap around it. So that were kind of like the words that fell out of those values, exercises, fair and justness, those kind of noun-based values. 
but the more I've acted into them and the more I've teased that out and thought, what does that mean to me? Um, like, you know, if like for some people, justice might be fair and just punishment, right? Um, for me, it often meant like a feeling of, of equality, equity, something along those lines. But as I've teased it out, what I really, yeah, want for people, for myself, absolutely, um, bad maths, a thousand percent, um, and for everyone else is, is, the opportunity to be seen, heard and known by others, but also by themselves. And that's where values I find really helpful um, as an opportunity, yes, for how we show up for other people, but also how we see ourselves and how how we say, yes, please see me. This is me. I want to be seen. I want to be heard. Like it's a basic human need and most of us don't really get it um, met, um, but we can start by, I suppose, cultivating spaces where there's an opportunity. And um, yeah, that's that's my dream. I'm I you know what's the thing I want to say just like right off the shoot from the hip is I'm like that seems very simple like yes because the thing that you're to be seen heard and understood that was the third one mm, well it's probably more known I don't think we need to be known, understood known seen for heard. me anyway like because this yes. is obviously all through my own lens absolutely I understood only because I've I've spent time, you know, my my very close personal relationships trying to be understood or as I mentioned in my bio as a little weirdo, um, people people probably won't understand that's okay. Yeah. But if they just know that's okay. That's Laura. That's her. I'm like, it's okay. That's okay. Seen, heard, and known. The the reason that I'm sticking with this is that like if I shoot from the hip, I'm like, so simple. Like, it's not like, to me, you're not asking for these fucking radical, like, just I just have to bend over backwards to do this. What do you see, what have you experienced as the biggest barriers to that? Um, it's like the fear, well, I would say like what we would say is the negative, but I don't think it's the negative. It's the, it's the desire to belong. The desire to belong is the barrier, not because doing that allows us, but because we're so scared that maybe somebody will say we don't. Because, oh, man, so good. Writing it down. And James Olivia would say that we all, like, belonging is, like, you know, that's just that it just is. Um, And so, you know, we spend a lot of our life trying to fit in and we mistake that for belonging. Um, I think it's one of the reasons people get their back up a little bit about the whole privilege conversation because privilege is part of the thing that allows us to fit in, but we still don't feel like we belong. So people often, I think one, like there's lots of reasons people get their back up about the privilege conversation. But I think one of the people is that felt sense in themselves is like, but privilege, but I don't feel like I belong either. But it's different because fitting in, because our culture doesn't want us to feel like we belong. The systems and culture around us want us to fit in. And that's yes. the poor substitute that we have yes. for belonging at our cultural bigger picture level is, um, you know, we won't give you belong. We won't let you feel like you belong, but, but we'll allow you to do all these things to fit, to um, substitute that for the feeling of fitting in. And anyone who has ever fitted in at the sense of, um, at the expense of their self um, will know that doesn't feel so great. That I love that you use that word expense because as you're as you're saying this, I'm I am working to process as you're saying it, and I'm thinking about the words that are popping up. And to me, when they're with with belonging, one of the words that pops up is power, and not in the negative way. You know, people have feelings about things about everything, but of course, 
if we're looking at overculture and things like that, we don't want people to feel like they belong. There is a power, there's a, um, a sense of community and pride and, and togetherness that comes with that. That's just different. I love that you separate that from fitting in. That's so, so that's yes. I love, I love this. What would you say, Laura Jean are, I can't, the word that comes to mind is indicators, but that's not the word I really want, but identifiers, indicators of signs, feelings of belonging, because it's different than fitting in. If we were to give people words. Mm, I suppose it's that feeling of home. Um, I shared a thing, I think it was this week around that, around, you know, often our culture, and we talked about it when, when we were chatting, like, you know, that, that hold those words, like the best version of you, the biggest thing, you know, there's this idea, actually, I dropped a podcast episode this week when we're recording around, you don't have to be the best version of yourself, right? You don't have to give a hundred percent, which I know is antithetical for a lot of people. Um, but what I, I suppose my alternative I offered up is, is to, is to be the version of yourself that feels like home, the version of yourself that really feels like you. Sometimes that, can feel really like it's almost like saying just love yourself like the version of yourself that feels like you but we know what that feeling of home and not necessarily family of origin home if that didn't feel so great or like physical home but we know that feeling of it's like that exhale you know we talk I know you talk about the nervous system a lot and it's that feeling like you know that feeling that just release of that or just when you're around people you know, we've all had a taste of that um, when we get around people. I hope that everyone has, actually, I shouldn't generalise, but I really hope that everyone has had a taste of that when you get around somebody who just kind of knows you or just you feel really seen. And it, to me, that's what that feeling is, is when somebody really sees me or hears me or knows me and doesn't have to understand me, doesn't even have to agree with me, um, but allows me to exist and what I have um, to bring it. If I, But I don't even have to bring it, but just allows for that. And, you know, if we think about it on the micro level in a conversation, like with you, I get to be seen, heard and known. But at a macro level, people with identities that are, you know, we're, we're culturally there, our culture or our systems are saying, well, we don't want to see you. And and it starts just even with that first basic step. So if we don't want to see you, then we're not going to allow you to be known or heard. So it, it rolls out at that macro level. And I think it's really linked into concepts of that fairness and justice. So that's where they're the kind of thing, because I feel like that's much more actionable yeah. as well for me. Um, and I'm really big on values yes. being actionable and wrapping words around your values. So while fairness and justice are the concepts that underlying value, like how do you act into that? Yeah. Like it's just yeah. so big and it's thing, but, yes. but like you said, seen, heard and known, it feels really simple and it is. And yet everything about how we've been, well, not everything, again, I shouldn't generalize because a lot of people perhaps were, you know, raised or, or, or cre- um, cultivated, you know, those spaces, had those spaces cultivated for themselves where they were able to do that. But even when they have, like, I feel like, <clears throat> you know, you shared heaps of your story about your childhood and, and your relationship with your mom and that kind of space about how it sounds like that you were given a bit of a space to be seen, heard and known or a big space. But even then you can see that not everyone has. So even when we've had it for ourselves, we can see that that's just not what most people get. And it's definitely not yeah. what the wider systems offer up, you know. That Laura Jean, what does that look like in terms of cultivating? What does that look like? I'm not a parent. Don't tell Rupert, but <laughs> what does that look like? I watch you uh, and I watch Stephanie Hine, who's also come on the podcast, but I think it was 17,000 years ago as well. Laura Jean came on for episode 343. That was December 2021. I literally, if someone asked me when she was on, I've been like, 
few months ago. That's a lie. <laughs> Stephanie Hine would have come on like in the November or December 2020. And the reason I know that is because I listened to that episode while I was packing up my house. <laughs> and I was Look like, this. That's, that's a human I like to listen to. There we go. I'm like that and the, I think she came on twice. I think she came on um, maybe before when it was just about her like kind of traveling yeah, stuff. Yeah, that one and was about the homeschooling kind of yeah. keto combo. Like, what does that look like for you and parenting in terms of cultivating that kind of space? Oh, most of the time it means just getting out of the way. Um, not putting my, inserting myself into my kids or into my, into their actions or behaviors. Yeah. Like just to try and let them be their own little selves really. Um, and when, you know, when they can't be, when I'm, you know, I try and be really clear about why a thing is we'll, we're actually walking, um, we're going to school with my youngest uh, middle kiddo yesterday and she was walking backwards up the hill in the middle of the road and I said "Mm, darling that's a safety issue um like try and like you know I don't want to say you can't do that I know walking backwards up a hill is really good for your knees so (laughs) to all my physios out there and PTs um so I was like so like rather than be you can't do you know like so I suppose I'm really I'm, I'm a word word lover and, and really conscious with language so I suppose that's one way I try and allow it to come through um to really allow it to be there's nothing wrong with walking backwards up a hill there's nothing wrong with walking funny being yourself being a little weirdo um you just can't do it on the middle of the road on the hill with someone crests over like that's a safety issue so you know Same, yes. so I just and that's all I gave her it's like that's a safety issue darling and so she I was like, if there was a path, um, we live in a tiny village, there's rarely paths. Um, but so she just took herself over onto the grass on the edge of the road and continued walking up backwards. I like, okay, no worries. I said, that's probably a personal safety issue in that you can't see ditches and things, but that's, that's, that's a you, that's your body, your choice. So. <laughs> Kids are made of nerve. Like she'll be fine. <laughs> she won't get hit by the Woolies delivery truck cruising around the village early in the morning. There you go. My job is done. My job here is done. Well, I have, I have two questions because I, Especially coming off of you just saying Woolies, whatever, delivery uh, truck. Supermarket, local local food, supermarket delivery, you know, shop Delivering online. Delivering to the houses? Yeah. Okay. Wow, yeah, that's know, how it's delivered shop. there. Oh, you don't do that? I mean, it's going to be somebody. It's not like a the grocery store is coming. It's somebody that works. Oh, yeah, yeah. A career, job. but they just have their special truck. Like, yeah. Oh, do they? Oh, no. This is like somebody's personal vehicle that they're likely using as it's part of some Amazon thing. Like, Oh, right. No, yeah, no, no, they, they won't have like, like Vons on the side. Of that. They don't <laughs> have that. No, no. So that in mind, because you have what I consider to be kind of a small town, I think the word would use was village. How are, and we'll start with the kids because we were just talking about that. Are your kids received? Are they seen, heard, and known by their peers? Mm, it's a tough one. A little bit, um, but definitely, yeah. That's a lot of holding work around kind of talking about it with them around that, yeah, that that they have to make like, you know, at an age-appropriate conversation level of making that choice of, of fitting in versus feeling like you belong within yourself. Um, and we have that um, because, yeah, um, no, not always, no. No. That's the short that? answer. Um, kids are going to like uh, like – our culture and our society, this is the thing is that our culture and our society is is not going to let you want to feel like you fit in anyway. 
you can sacrifice mm. as many parts of yourself as you want. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. And not not all of it actually. I've I've have I do do reclaim that I was always a bit weird. Um but I but I tried that like and in my teenage years, you know, when that's thing and I look back on who I was then, it's like parts of that is like my least favorite iteration of me. Um there's periods and 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 without a doubt the times where I look back and like I have one of those personalities where I, you know, replay, like can cringe at a memory from, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, I cringe, you know, preemptively when I'm watching a movie when somebody's going to make like a real big social faux pas. I'm just like, oh, it's going to feel that's, I call it secondary awkwardness mm. and I like can't. I'm like, I can't watch this. Yeah. I have to leave. So that feels really right viscerally, physically uncomfortable for me. That. Um, but when I look back on those kind of times where I um, act in ways where I'm like, hmm. Yeah, it's a bit cringy for myself. It's it's without a doubt it's times when I when I was trying to fit in or trying to be who I thought other people might like more or those kind of things. So or you know, act through my nice trauma programming. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so really, we can do it. I suppose I want my kids to know that they can and they can make that choice. Um, and it's there is there is a trade off to that. Um, they just got their hair cut like super short, actually a little bit like, um, a little bit like Tina, Tina from Dina. I've never said Tina's surname out loud, so I don't want to butcher it. Um, from the mafia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, who? Yeah. Tina Dominguez? Yeah, Dominguez, that's Dominguez. it. Yeah. I was going to go with that and I was like, mm, yeah. I just, yeah. So like, you know, like that with yeah. the side for that's anyone fresh. who has yeah, never seen Tina, half. it's like a side, fresh. like shaved down and like, you know, the little side swipe there. My kids are six and nine to give a bit of context, you know, um, and, but what's really interesting, I don't, I think they've had pretty good reception of it, but yeah, there was a moment where my oldest was like, what are people going to say? I said, well, it's up to you. People will say something. You've been wanting to have this haircut for a while. It's up to you whether you want, which thing's more important to you and, you know, just leaving the decision with her, but, but, but obviously highlighting it because she's only nine. So she doesn't have fully developed prefrontal cortex so this is what will happen um but yeah I suppose I you know you talk about this a lot is I my job or my work is in taking care of myself what what happens so or or parenting and showing up for her whichever choice um that that she chooses to make so if she had chosen not to and then regretted it because her little sister did it then I would have you know held space for that the reason I asked this one because I'm nosy but uh the main reason I asked is this one of the things that you brought up and I love that word cultivate and talking about cultivating communities of care and I just want to present people with the full picture because it's so easy to present this very you know this is amazing and you can change and be different and be yourself and then they're like but also here's the reality what does this actually look like and I do believe that there one parents are superheroes I mean I that is beyond my capacity, but I'm interested in, in seeing what this actually looks like in practice and cultivating this kind of ecosystem and this kind of environment and what that looks like. It's one thing with us, which is my main next question, but then with kids and then what does it look like for them? And just, I don't know, because that's not, that's not where I'm at. One of the things you said that, that was really profound was that like society is never going to want you to to feel like you fit in. And that was it's a profound statement to me. Um, and also, yes, you're in a small, a village, a village. which I'm going to assume is not very big. 
mm. compared to like let's say where I live. Yeah, probably about I think that the last census, which is like our counting of all the people, was about 400 people in the village itself, but there's like what? properties around. <laughs> I'm 20 minutes from the capital of Australia, but even that's not very big. Do you know everyone? I know a lot of people, yes, I do, but not everyone. We talked uh, in person when you were here. So Lord Jean came to her boss up last October. The weather was acting a fool. Uh, she made the long jaunt over here and we got to speak in person about this. What is that like in person? You showing up as you, more you, leading with values, values are verbs, and, you know, showing up as you in this this space. What has that been like? that space I don't know how it's been for anyone else as far as in the village but it's been like I've, I've enjoyed it um I titrated a little bit as far as like you know I don't give my whole self and everything to every, like not everyone can handle this uh you know don't want to scare everyone in the village it is a village of only 400 people so you know um but yeah I I, I suppose I've been consciously cultivating community for a little bit of alliteration um so finding those spaces where the people hang out that have a similar value set and so I started a community produce share so um, with the garden stuff um, one from a real um, personal desire to get my hands on fruit and vegetables that people aren't using <laughs> uh, as I smart. establish my garden here because yeah, it takes smart. you know anyone out there around garden it takes a couple of years to actually get your garden I know we see all those Instagrammable pics sorry garden tangent of like I just built this bed this year. Look at the produce. Like from my experience, having done this before in another home, um, it took me four or five years to get to kind of wow. um, like a good kind of peak production-y kind of space. Well, I don't know if that's peak because then we left after a little bit after that. But anyway, I know that this, you know, again, this is kind of like similar to that feeling of the bubble feeling where I'm like, I'm in a new garden. I'm like, oh, oh, oh it's, it's me. I'm a terrible gardener. I should just give up. But actually, really, it just takes time for soil and microbes and we won't go down the regenerative soil okay, path okay i'm like we should maybe okay. we won't go too far right yet i'm um, i'll i'll come back we can go back there but i'll, I'll sh- okay. bring my tangent back um anyway so i was like we're going to be here you know we, we i don't have a crystal ball but our plan is to be in this village for a while and i want to cultivate community because really community and, and a resilient community i think and that ecosystem of care is so important and we can't create ecosystems of care if we don't relate in a way where we know and allow ourselves to be known um but also where we don't have those smaller like microcosm kind of 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 people we're connected to so anyway i started this um produce share community produce share so i just popped it up on facebook people do still use facebook we have like a community group Um, absolutely and was just like hey want to meet the oval on sunday and swap garden stuff and people did so um it's been great we've been doing it for about a bit over a year um and I really wanted it to be community like I do the weekly post but I really want it to be something that's driven by other people that's not about me it's not my produce share and um yeah so I've met some people through that who are really um great like people on different levels of conversation but there's one particular young couple here um who yeah we can really that go into that deep boom you know you meet those people where it's like within five seconds you're talking about whatever the deepest thing is on your mind at the moment and I had that and so you know it's been about finding my people um my my specific people and also it's like different different parts of my value what's really interesting (laughs) is my probably my best kind of like 
say mum, like same sort of stage of life friend as me is actually a physio um, in the town. In the town, There's like heaps oh. of physios here. I'm like surrounded oh, by physios okay. online, physios. There's like five, at least five. It's a village of 400 people. There's at least five physios that live in this village. So, um, which is, which is strange. I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. Okay. But anyway, so, you know, so you kind of get to know your people. Um, so, you know, we have that similar health professional values and health and like way of looking at things. And so that's really cool. So I sort of got, yeah, being cultivating those spaces and recognizing, and this is something that, you know, over, over time that, that not one single person or one single group is going to maybe see no one here, all of me. And they don't have to, they don't have to be, not hundred percent has to be seen, known and heard at every one time, but there's different spaces and cultivating spaces where I can get those needs met um, and have that little, um, little, little belonging hit um, that, that part. yeah, that there's different you kind bits of got and, ahead of the question that I wanted to ask, um, which is, I read your mind. You really did though. I'm like, Yes. And I'm going to probably just ask you to kind of elaborate on that. One, what Laura Jean just said is that you don't have to get all things from a single place, um, that, that all three of those things. One of the things I want to back up and maybe I'll ask for action items for people um, is you said that you kind of titrate yourself, if you will, which makes sense, right? As we're choosing to relate to people, it's you don't have to like, just like, here I am, here's more of me, a million right, right here. I think that for some people, there's such a, because of how they were raised, how they've grown up, how things have always been, maybe it feels all or nothing, or there's difficulty in that titration process. Can you speak to that? And if there's any like advice you have with that? Yeah, I suppose I would share the, the things I notice when I don't titrate myself, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, when I'm either a little bit, a little bit dysregulated. <laughs> a little bit like, you know, maybe um, got some, you know, and a different kind of that, like, you know, I'm not grounded. I'm not grounded in my nervous system. I'm not necessarily grounded in my values. So there's that piece. But also when I've gone not too long, but more of a period of not being seen, heard and known. So like, the like the, it's almost like, and it's probably that cultural scarcity idea of shit, here's an opportunity to be seen, heard and known. I best get mm-hmm. that out. Um, so look, I will be the first to know I'm that I definitely, you know, have that so that that post in, um, contact awkwardness of like I shared too much. Um, <laughs> did I scare that person? Perhaps a little, uh, but yeah. So there is that piece. Like, yeah, it's not a it's not a thing. But I, I get that feeling like that. But they're the things that I notice is when I do tend to be. It's when I'm less grounded in my values and less grounded in myself. And that's from whether it be because. I haven't been having conversations where I'm like feeling like, you know, you talk about, you know, posting every day. So, you know, your voice, I think just even connecting regularly to people who, where you can share who you are is really part of, it really helps me to ground back in who I am because I'm sharing who I am rather than just up in my head all the time. It's it's that physical, you know, getting out of your head and into your body or into your, into that physical kind of representation of who you are. But also that whole grounding on a on a nervous system kind of a basis as well, um, feeling safe and secure, so that when you do show up, you're showing up because we can't access all of those higher needs of belonging and things like that, or we can't kind of tap into that if we don't feel safe, right? If if we feel unsafe, yeah. 
then safety is what we're going to prioritize. So, absolutely. Um, and if you know one of your kind of things is if one of mine is is not being seen, not being known, um, then when I'm in those spaces and I'm feeling a little bit um, ungrounded, then I will <laughs> be like, oh, go, go take this opportunity. Or I can do the other one where I will go like, like just jump into my little shell and and yeah. not not and be feel like you know that's not safe to be known um, or seen, which sometimes it isn't, and particularly depending on what identities um that you um mm-hmm. show up with mm-hmm. that, that's that's more or less safe so it's not always it's actually not always safe inside us like doesn't we can't access our own sense of safety but it actually isn't always actually safe so I don't want to pretend that totally. we can you know back to that whole idea like we're talking about the kids but even for ourselves it's not always possible to be seen heard and known it's not safe totally totally how do you reconcile how do oh, so many of the questions that I'm thinking of are me seeing you as someone that is ahead and has put in work and like really sat with things and is like, not like we're in some like a um, race, mm. but you have experienced certain things. And this is me asking questions that, Hey, you've gone through this, you've experienced it. What was your experience? And obviously we can, everyone's free to then take what serves them, leave the rest. But what has been your experience? What have you learned from that? Um, you know, what did you draw from that? What did that look like? Both the quote unquote good and the bad of that. Mm. Um, because I, I do believe that people listening to this, people in our in our ecosystems, whether they're lurkers or whatever, they're on that journey. They're on that that path. And part of that is kind of taking those, taking those steps and taking those leaps. And I'm gonna try and be seen. And I'm just like, Lord Jean. Tell me everything that you can about that experience. And part of that, the reason I ask you is, is one, to hear from a different voice, because part of me is like, that's largely been how I've always lived my life. And talking to, you know, fellow Australian Erica Webb, um, I'm very aware of that when I speak to her and that there's like, not everyone thinks like this or has that experience. And I'm like, oh yeah, Mm. I got about that. So it's, it's great and very helpful, beneficial, in my opinion, to talk, to speak to someone like you who has actively gone through that and now has language and words, uh, words around that. So we circle back to, uh, for folks that are thinking this more, you more me, I'm going to try. And, you know, there's the, yes, we can go too far, uh, and be like, I'm going to, I'm in a space where Philly finally feels safe. And I see all the things, but if let's say best case scenario, we're in a space where safety is there. What would you say those initial steps of being more of them, of looking to be seen, heard, and known? What does that look like? I think it starts with your values. I'll bring it back there. Um, you know, in business, everyone's probably familiar with that whole day of like know your why, and I think your values offer that up. And so, as a human wanting to be known, like, like who who are you and why, and what, and what does that like? What part of you or what part of your needs does that actually meet? So for me, it's around connection because I can't connect um, without that. Um, it's going to be that fitting in kind of connection. So I think knowing that because then in those moments you get that opportunity to respond around is, you know, what's my value? Why am I doing this? This feels a bit uncomfortable, but but this is why because uh, maybe it's an age thing, but you do get to a certain point where you're just like – it's true. The That's values, true, the values piece where you just realize that, uh, you know, and you talk about it, time's going to go anyway. Like I'm going to be living my life anyway, right? Time is going to go each day. That interaction that I'm now in right now, it's going to pass. And my choice is, do I take the opportunity to be seen, heard and known to show up or do I not? And, and the thing that 
allows me to often say yes to that more often than not is knowing my values and knowing why that's important to me because what I want is I want to feel connected. I want to be in those ecosystems of care and I want to be seen, heard, and known, but I also want other people to. And again, I'll, I'll just parrot you back to yourself, give people the gift of going first. Like part of that is that. And I think as helping health and supportive people that most of the people are probably listening, that's probably why we mostly got into our our jobs. We wanted to hold space for other people to to get help or to get support. And one of the ways we can really do that is is showing up in our full humanity as much as we can because then that holds the space for other people. Um, if we're not doing that, it's, it's not going to happen. We can we can we can be empathetic. We can be holding the space. We can be you know really good active listeners using all the counselling skills and all of those pieces. But if we are not, we don't bringing ourselves doesn't mean the faux online you know authenticity crying jag videos yes. we see you know oh my gosh it's like yes. oh my gosh it's it's that relate you know james levy was like it's that relating piece and and as health professionals and as humans we've been um trained and socialized to not bring the relating to to leave parts of ourselves there even when yes. it comes to values you know we should have our professional values and our personal yes. values and i say bullshit um and yes. so it's all those pieces, like it comes back to that piece. So there's not like a Nestle, like, you know, take a deep breath, put on your power pose, lean. <laughs> it's like, it's the deep shit, oh, the deep work. Like that is what gets you to that point that when you're in that conversation, you're ready because part of it is well, the two bits, knowing yourself and being able to take care of yourself when that, what, whichever way that Whatever it happens. goes. Yeah. Love it. That's full circle with the conversation there of starting off with being able to be seen, heard, and known by yourself. Mm. First. Yes. And, and that, that's, that's it. The foundation. Like, even if people don't have those spaces where it is does feel safe or where it's like it's so much more work for their nervous system to do it with other people, you can do it with yourself. Do you even know yourself? Do you see yourself? Do you let yourself be heard? And as Erica would say, like with kindness, with compassion, um, or you know, are you only hearing yourself through the lens of somebody else's values, maybe family of origin values or cultural values that say you've got to do this to fit in, you've got to do this. So do you see yourself, but also do you offer yourself that opportunity to be turning your values towards yourself? Laura Jean, what's your story with that? Was there, you know, we just had Erica on the on the podcast and, and she was talking about her story with this and seeing herself, knowing herself, accepting herself. Um, hearing herself, what has been your journey with that? I've always known myself and always seen myself. I've always been like that and just sometimes been like, nobody's going to be able to handle it. <laughs> or I've gotten the message <laughs> that that is not welcome, you know, definitely. Um, and so I learnt how to, I suppose, play the role that people wanted me to in different situations. Not every situation, you know, I've got, I've still got good mates from high school where, yeah, yeah, yeah. I showed up as myself. So I've always been somebody who's been able to, or I suppose, you know, for want of a better word, played the game there if I needed to around what, um, how I showed up, but then also sometimes felt like I just couldn't for my own sense of like fear, like fear, definitely fear. But I have always known myself and I've always seen myself and always been grounded in myself. So I suppose I've always had that at least. Um, I've not had that kind of experience of being uncomfortable kind to myself um definitely had times where I've sort of thought 
definitely my my probably my biggest thing is um outside of like yeah I don't have that critical self-voice but I have that because I really want to belong like I really want to be seen like it's all comes back to that for me and so yes I do have those I've had that kind of experience of a fear of what if I don't but then when you're grounded in your values or where has I've gone through that process it's like well as a minimum I I I know me um and you know I can start with that I love this part of it and what you just said, because at the end of the day, I'm like, this to me is being human. Like I, I, I believe that certain, that I believe that at times folks thinks folks think that being human is like, these things don't exist or this like dissonance mm. isn't there or like this difficulty isn't there. And it's just like, I feel like I belong and it's easy like that, that mm. this like, you know, rainbows and butterfly world is I don't want to say like the the thing that we're striving towards, but this of going back and forth and having the discussions with yourself and having the feelings and having the the range of emotions is to me being human. It's not that mm-hmm. I'm always confident and always know and I'm always feel I belong and I always and always anything like what you shared. Like to me, yes, I love it. This is why you're my twin. You started off very rooted, but even the most rooted still have periods of but what about, but what if, uh, but then we, I think that we have the benefit of that self-trust, that self-knowing that we can, can default, can default back to. Mm, definitely. I think one of the pieces, I think, I mean, you, we've got the positive vibes crew to blame for a few things, but old um, Maslow with his culturally appropriated hierarchy of needs and not the tops that self-actualization, which I think a lot of words and a lot of concepts in our culture get get filtered through the values of the systems we're part of and in our systems in our values one of the biggest values of our culture is perfectionism and so to reach self-actualization is to be is I think culturally Mm -hmm. and um, interpreted as to be um, like this high sense of self like higher being up above on the top of even the hierarchy right like the hierarchy let's not even start on that but I think it's actually just to know yourself. Like to me, my values-based definition of that is just to know yourself, to be grounded in yourself and to be that commitment to that becomes before other things um, and that you're up to bring that. So I'll, bl- I'll blame Maslow. I like, and I want to continue with that. You said it comes before other things. What If you were to draw it out, if you were to, create not it's not a hierarchy if you were to create a a, a schematic of mm. this what what would you put and where Alrighty, folks that's gonna do it for part one of this two-part interview with my girl laura jean she's just so wonderful did you see be sure to tune into part two of this interview. That's going to drop this Thursday, June 22nd. That will be episode 486. As always, endlessly appreciative for every single one. Until next time, friends, maestro. Maestro.